we're going to learn about inordinate desire. Hmm. We're in the 82nd stage. We're in letter 82 of, uh, we're taking a course in advanced Sufism. <laughs> in Maneri's 100 letters. So, this is only for the advanced class. <laughs> Or if you're not advanced, you won't understand it. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> what? I remember those small pingrins in there. What? The small pingrins when in the springtime they go in to make nests in an small island. And they built nests with little stones, you know. And they have to carry them for uh, around. Yeah. Uh, so one penguin, he was just saying one stone after another. Oh. Mm. And uh, he, no matter how many stones he brought, uh, he always had a few. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wondered what happened. Another penguin was... They took his stones. So he would take the stones to drink and build his own stones. Mm -hmm. And then another penguin started to steal from the fifth penguin. But the fifth penguin, knowing about stealing, he looked at him and she saw him and they started to fight. <laughs> so the <laughs> thief, the one penguin stole the stone from the other penguin and then somebody was stealing from the yeah, thief. Uh -huh. he started to, he but he understood thievery. Yeah, he got him really had a bad fight. <coughs> but I remember the attitude of the first penguin. She would just keep going. <laughs> the first one just kept getting he stones. Would, he would look so disappointed when he'd look at his stones to That's horrible. <laughs> but nothing, and you see, when you are not a thief, you don't know about it. That's the thing. Uh. Let's see if we are innocent or not. In in order not desire, letter eighty two, in the name of God, the merciful, the compassionate, brother Samsudin, may God be gracious to you. Inordinate desire is explained as springing from the qualities of the lower soul. Not surprising, huh? It is a veil for those in union with God. It is a battlefield for disciples. So, I guess we're going into a battlefield if we're only disciples. <laughs> and it is a mansion to be shunned by seekers. Huh. Oh, it's a mansion, too. We should be shunning this fancy mansion. All his qualities have been ranged against seekers as obstacles to good works, as has been said. Everyone who succumbed to his inordinate desires was destroyed, while everyone who opposed them attained what he sought. Turning away from inordinate desire springs from sovereignty. Shunning unbridled desire is the very sustenance of a messenger. When the amount of your nature has been broken in, then coins can be known as pure because they bear your name. 
All inordinate desires can be listed under two headings. One is the desire for pleasure and sensuality. The other is the desire for position and domination. Domination. <laughs> so if I wanted to be the sultan with a thousand ladies in my harem, I would be have inordinate desire. Those given over to pleasure and sensuality frequent taverns, but common people are not bothered by their wickedness. On the other hand, those who hanker after rank and power are found in places of worship and in religious circles and become a seduction for the masses. Falling from the way themselves, they divert others from it as well. Whoever simply accedes to his desires and all his actions being content to do whatever is agreeable to him is far away from God even though he be above heaven itself. Since you have a hundred idols hidden under your patched garment, why do you pray before people as a Sufi? Hmm. On the other hand, the person who is far from his own desires and does not heed the promptings is in truth close to God, even though he be in a fire temple. Whoever succumbs succeeds in chaining his dog with heavy fetters has dust worth more than the blood of others. Khaja Ibrahim Kass says, I heard there was a monk among the Christians who, in accordance with this vocation, had passed several, 70 years in solitude. I said, this is astonishing, for the vow to live the life of a hermit does not extend beyond 40 years. <laughs> You only have to live 40 years <laughs> to the vow of hermitship. <laughs> he went 70 years. <laughs> Why did he spend 70 years as a hermit? I decided to visit him. When I arrived at his place, he opened a window and said, O oh, Ibrahim, I know why you have come. I am not sitting here simply to play the hermit. I have a dog maddened with many desires which I have chained up. <laughs> I am keeping guard over this dog in order to prevent its wickedness from reaching ordinary people. Indeed, I am not what you took me to be. This unruly soul is a total infidel, and it is not, no easy matter to kill it. Khwaja Ibrahim said, When I heard what he had said, I said, O oh, the power of Almighty God, who gives his slave the path of merit and shows him the right way, even though he is totally in error. This is the kind of favor he bestows. He said to me, O oh, Ibrahim, how long will you go seeking after men? If you want him, seek yourself. When you find yourself, become your own watchman. Every day this inordinate desire dons 360 forms of a divine garb and entices the servant of God into error. Have you seen those people who make made idols of their own desires? <laughs> Q45-43 Q The hidden meaning here is that the hearts of the dear ones have turned into blood in this task. Hmm. A hundred thousand hearts have all perished with grief, but this infidel dog does not retreat for a moment. 
to sum up abandoning one's inordinate desires ennobles a man, but by giving vent to his desires, a noble man becomes a prisoner. Suleika, following her unbridled desires, changed from a noble lady to a prisoner. While the renowned Joseph told her to abandon her, de her desires, he, though a captive, became a great man. Whoever has changed his dog through his bravery can catch a lion with his lasso in either world. Quajajanad was asked, What is union? He replied, The abandonment of following one's own desires. That's all it is. <laughs> what is union with God? It's just abandonment of following one's own desires. Everyone who is in intent on attaining God should be told to abandon his own desires. For a servant can perform no greater act of devotion than to oppose his inordinate desires. <laughs> inordinate. Alexa, <clears throat> what's the definition of the word inordinate? Not orthodoxy. The adjective inordinate is usually defined as not within proper or reasonable limits, immoderate, excessive. For more, ask me to give you more definitions for inordinate. It's not completely no desire at all. It means excessive. That means I can eat uh, <laughs> how many crumpets? Uh, well, how much can I eat? Naughty. <laughs> I can eat something and still not be inordinate. <laughs> Yeah, I can have some things and not I be in order. Make of that something a big thing already. I can have something at least. You can have a big desire from that little something. It says inordinate. It you says not no desire at all. You have an inordinate desire for nothing. I have an inordinate for desire for nothing. For small things. Mm. I have an inordinate desire for. Books that are about nothingness. For ordinary things. <laughs> <laughs> For books on Zen or spiritual books while under quarantine and uh, stay in place in New York. I'm inordinate desire to read spiritual books and hoard the books. So. Hmm. Yeah, you can't hoard anything. Hoarding books. So. You can't have an inordinate desire, desire even for books. You can't have that. You can't have too many books. So. But what if you need just enough for uh, 100 days to read the 100 letters of... Uh, I need 100 days of quietude in New York to read this book. Uh, so if the New York could be quiet for a while. It is easier for a man to dig up a mountain with his nails than to oppose his own desires. Oppose them. Well, actually, if you oppose and go to battle with your desires, you get too too much battling. It would blow up into <laughs> could be difficult. Kwaja Jo Nin Mushra said, I saw a man flying through the air. I asked him how he had acquired that stage. He told me he had trampled desire underfoot and thus could fly through the air. It is related that Khwaja Muhammad ibn Balki said, I am astonished that anyone should go to his house in order to practice austerities out of his own unchecked desire. 
Why does he not tread desire underfoot in order to reach him and see him? Abandon your own desire and come along. This is the hidden meaning. You should understand clearly now that Satan does not have the power to arouse sinful or lustful desires into the heart of a servant. Interesting what he says here. You should understand clearly now that Satan does not have the power to arouse sinful or lustful desires in the heart of a servant. Hmm. It is only when they have originated in confused desire and begun to appear, so they originate, only after they have originated in confused desires begin to appear, that Satan pounces on them, <laughs> drawing them out into the full light of a person's heart. This is known as a temptation of the devil. It has to take its origin from a man's inner desire. The one who makes the beginning is very cruel. Hmm. The one who makes the beginning is very cruel. This is the meaning of the saying of the Lord concerning Satan. For when he had said, I shall lead all men astray, the Lord rebuked him, saying, Surely you have no authority over my servants. Interesting. Surely you have no authority over my servants. Quran 17.65 Satan depends on the reality of his lower soul and the inordinate desire of the servant. This is what the poet meant when he said, If you are a servant of God, do not look at idols. If you are a man of the way, do not become an azar. Whence it is that when some sheikhs were asked what Islam was, they replied, quote, cutting the throat of the animal soul with the sword of opposition. Kwaja Zolnun Misra said, the key to worship is thinking. <laughs> and the sign of the rectitude of your thinking is your opposition to your lower soul and your inordinate desires. <laughs> Opposing one's animal soul means abandoning all lustful desires. Hence it is said that the opposition to the lower soul is the crowning achievement of worshippers. <laughs> Kwaja Janat said, Living according to the desires of one's soul is the foundation of unbelief. It is necessary for the dis disciple and the seeker to pass his time night and day doing this, his proper work, so that his pole of the animal soul, which takes its birth in the senses might be entirely excised from his being. This is pretty much in line with, uh, I suppose, Sadmat or Buddhism and stuff. It's not that, it's not out of line, I don't think. With cries and lamentation, he should also request God to hear his cry. Quote, when you have placed it here, you can scratch it away. It is related that Kwaja Abu Ali Shia said, One day, according to the Hawa tradition, I was shaving my public hair. I said to myself, O Ali, this is the member that is the root of all evil lust and has thrown you into so many calamities. You get rid of it so that you might acquire release from its wickedness. I heard a voice that said, O Ali, you are trespassing on my domain. One member is not of greater dignity than another in my estimation. 
If you yourself get rid of it, I can place in every hair of your body what I have placed in that one member. Hmm. I was suddenly killed by astonishment. I knew no way out of my helplessness. Both believer and infidel are wading through blood. All have either grown bewildered or retreated. O oh, brother, a servant has absolutely no power to destroy his lower soul. It is the mount that carries the burden of the commands of the law. A servant can succeed in transforming a quality only by God's grace, since no quality is associated with him except that God has allowed. Unless until he so wishes, the servant by his own effort cannot bring himself under control in anything. <laughs> we go back to that thing where it's all decided by God. Remember that only you only succeed if you yeah, get the grace of God? that's what it is, actually. There's no hope unless you yeah, get the grace you, of God. I mean, you can create hope, you can do the best, but it's still all. So I have no hope on the mystic path unless I get the grace of God. Otherwise, I could read this book a thousand times and there's no hope. <laughs> At least we get to know. How is it that finally the way of Kusro should become acceptable to you? For he is but a helpless pauper while you are joyous and do what you like. Man has nothing to do with dignity in either dwelling. He either strives to divert the divine degree from himself or in opposition to the divine degree strives to acquire something for himself. Both are impossible for God's decree cannot be altered though anyone's efforts through anyone's efforts. <clears throat> Imam Shibli fell ill. A physician came to him. He said, you will have to practice abstinence. Shibli said, Abstinence from what? <laughs> like, maybe, what would he have? What would he be abstinent from if he's like a if he's like a saint? <laughs> you will have to practice abstinence. Shabli said, abstinence from what? <laughs> from something that is allotted to me. From something that isn't. Question. If you say that the abstinence should be from what is my daily portion. There is nothing I can do about it. Well, if you say it is from something not included in my daily portion, then it simply wouldn't be given to me. So tell me what I should abstain from. The physician was speech left speechless. My wailing had reached heaven itself, though I was not yet wounded. All the unfortunate physicians remained astonished at my pain. <clears throat> it is related that <clears throat> Goodness. It's related that Moses said, O Adam, a cloth filled with delicacies was presented to you. Why did you stretch out your hand to the wheat? Adam replied, You must have read in the Torah that before I was created this had already been written about me. How can you blame me? See, it was already written about him. Moses replied, Then why did you explain, my lord, I am guilty of opposition? My enemy had routed me, he explained, and had proofs. My only approach to the threshold was to confess. My lord, I am guilty of opposition, for nobody can approach him by means of arguments. <clears throat> Someone said to a beloved one, First he ordains sin for me and then sends his punishments upon me. 
Yes, replied the other. That's what it's like. <clears throat> One cannot even find time to draw breath. <clears throat> I can't even breathe. Huh? <clears throat> I can't find time to to catch my breath. Huh? I'll have to get a drink. <laughs> business do you have with the wisdom of God? Do not even breathe, lest you lose what you have. Your way is to remain silent and be patient. You will find no better helper than he. It is related that Sultan Mahmud Khazni had a very precious jewel in his hand. He gave it to his chief minister and told him to break it. The chief minister replied that it was as valuable as the king's entire treasury. How can it possibly be broken? The king gave it to Aras and told him to break it. Have you heard this story before? He placed it under a stone and promptly broke it. The king asked him why he had broken it. <laughs> Replied Aras, I have done evil and not good. I have done evil and not good. Sultan Mahmud turned to his chief minister and said, quote, Learn courtly behavior from Aras, for he cannot be faulted, either for his deed or for his speech. Beg to be excused for whatever fault you commit. For Adam... By that very repentance, attained his rank. Hmm. Do we understand this in some ways? So. Since uh, you have to follow what you told. I think we will in the future understand it. <laughs> Read it again, if you like. <laughs> And we listen to it again. The purpose of this podcast is so we can listen to it again. Because we didn't understand it. See, it's, the class has gotten more advanced beyond our levels. Because so. uh, I'm still full of inordinate desire for Sufi books. Uh -huh. hmm. I have to cut back on them. So. Uh, uh. Well, that last part, yeah, I think I've encountered this before about the breaking the jewel. There's the masters that talked about it. Right? You have to obey. You had to obey. Yeah, you obey the word of your master. You obeyed, though, yeah. That's correct, I guess. Of course. Whatever it is, grace can trust him that he will obey. Otherwise, if he hesitates because of the value of the ornament, and then later on he can hesitate because of his own judgment. I think you could read between the lines in this writing about uh, some concept of the wisdom of uh, Maneri. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Well, okay, so you shouldn't have inordinate desire, huh? 
do we have uh, do we practice minimalism and uh, uh, in our desires not really, <laughs> not really. We just, uh, we, huh. we what do we have <laughs> what do we have uh, over we over do we buy too much food uh -huh. Maybe. Inordinate uh, desires. Well, we try to cut back, but uh, but uh, we don't do too bad a job, uh, other than the hoarding of spiritual books uh, while under quarantine uh, and staying home. If you're stuck home in place with uh, nothing to do and you can't go out and do anything, what are you going to do? Meditate? <laughs> mm -hmm. So New York has been placed into meditation and staying at home because the, for a hundred days while I read Maneri's hundred letters. Mm -hmm.